the goal for us is to really get out there and apply pressure and educate everybody, including the food manufacturers and the vets to really like everything that has is in textbooks and everything that has been taught about nutrition in companion animals is absolutely fundamentally skewed data because they'd never thought about it from the perspective of the gut microbiome or, or even the oral microbiome. Hi, I'm Tori Mystic, and you're listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast, the only show dedicated to supporting women in all areas of the pet industry. I always have such a great time talking to Dr. Emily Stein of Primal Health. They're the makers of Teeth Dental Water Additive for our pets, and I've personally been using it for Bert and Lucy for a while. Whenever I chat with Dr. Stein, she makes super complicated scientific info about our pets easy to understand. For example, I love how in this conversation, she gives characters to the good and bad bacteria that are living in our pet's mouth. Did you realize that oral health can be connected to cognitive health, aka brain health, and that bad bacteria in the mouth actually has a correlation to dementia in pets. Well, Dr. Stein has some great advice on how to support your dog's health through the microbiome of their mouth. Think of their mouth as like the portal to their body. We definitely nerd out on some scientific info in this conversation, and I think you're really going to love it. It's slightly different than our usual business-focused conversations, but since we are all pet lovers, this is really important information to know. I also asked Dr. Stein to provide some clear and actionable takeaways at the end of the conversation so that we know what to do with all this great information that she shares. But before I hit play on the interview, I want to acknowledge that this is episode 295 of the Wear Wag Repeat podcast. How amazing is that? That means that we will hit episode 300 before the end of this year. I cannot wait to celebrate that amazing milestone. I've been at this for, I don't know, five, six years, and it's been so fun interviewing so many people, doing more solo episodes, and connecting with all of you every single Wednesday. <laughs> it's kind of shocking to me that I've been able to keep up with publishing every Wednesday. I don't think I've missed a single one in years. And as I celebrate this milestone, I also want to check in with you, my lovely listeners, and see what you want the future of this podcast to look like. Your opinion really matters to me because I do this for you. I don't really make any money <laughs> off of this podcast. Um, of course, it kind of feeds other stuff at Wear, Wag, Repeat, but the podcast itself is not a profitable venture. So I want to make sure that I'm giving you exactly what you want and what's going to be the most helpful to you. So. Please keep an eye on your email for a brief survey that would help me plan the podcast for 2024. I have some ideas and I want to get your feedback on them. So if you're not on my email list yet, head over to wherewagrepeat.com slash podcast and join the pack. Every week I send out super valuable and informational emails to everyone on my petpreneur list. So you'll want to make sure you're on that list anyhow. Okay, now on to this interview with Dr. Emily Stein. 
Dr. Emily Stein has co-founded several biotechnology startups that address unmet needs in healthcare and wellness. She brings a unique scientific background that spans molecular biology, microbiology, molecular and cellular immunology, and rheumatology. I think I'm saying all of those correctly, with an emphasis on chronic infections and chronic inflammatory diseases. She completed her postdoctoral fellowship in immunology and rheumatology at Stanford University, where she studied the role of neuroendocrine immune axis in autoimmune diseases. Dr. Stein holds a PhD in microbiology from the University of California at Berkeley, where she studied signaling pathways involved in nutrient stress responses and biofilm community development by bacteria. Hi, Emily. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Well done on that, by the way. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm going to give myself a special treat after reading your bio. <laughs> I know it's all jargon. It's all sciencey jargon. <laughs> and I just had to read it. You actually had to do all of this work. So this. yeah, congratulations to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to have you back on the podcast and it's been almost 200 episodes since we had you here on the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. So we have a lot to catch up on and a lot to talk about. Um, you're the creator of Teeth, And can you tell our listeners a little bit about what Teeth is? Yeah. So um, Teeth, I built Teeth to try to solve for the uh, ever-growing problem of dental disease in, in companion animals. And uh, finding out that really it's all dental, most dental diseases known to man are actually driven by the oral microbiome, which is this really complicated community. Um, second most diverse in the body, aside from the lower GI tract, second most abundant. So, you know, it's like a little cesspool in the mouth. Um, and, (laughs) and it can really drive a lot of gum disease. And so everybody's focused on white teeth and pretty teeth, but really teeth don't matter. What matters, how you lose teeth is actually, um, through the gums and swelling and inflamed gums. And so we're actually feeding microbes in a way that puts them on a keto diet only in the mouth. And that has um, uh, the ability then to, to change what they're doing so that they're stopping causing, they're stopping behaviors and waste product production that are driving gum disease, um, which can decrease lifespan for our pets by a third of their life. So it's a big deal. It is a big deal. I like how you describe it and and thinking of the bacteria as a community in your mouth. It's kind of grossing me out just picturing my own mouth right now. Right. <laughs> but I but I like it and um it it really kind of gives you almost like a Pixar illustration of what's happening inside of your mouth. Oh, totally. It's it's like a it's a it, some of them are having a party in your mouth. Some of them are actually, um, at war in a turf war. Um, some of them are just chilling (laughs) and then, and then there's a couple that you really don't want involved. And if they grow up into, uh, uh, even a a low amount, like 1% of, of the total population of the trillions of microbes in there, they can really change everybody's behavior and cause a massive uprising. And so this is where, Knowing about that, and yes, I personify microbes um, for a living, but um, it kind of helps relate my what I understand to, (laughs) you know. No, it makes it 
so much easier to understand. And like those, that little 1% evil guys, like you kind of imagine them as being bullies and kind of like bullying the other ones. They fundamentally are. And they are really kicking butt against the good microbes that are actually present to protect their host and take care of their host because they're incentivized. They do well when their host does well. So there's this mutualistic relationship and boy, they just don't do well against the bully. Well, I I do like how you personify it because it makes it a little bit easier to talk about and think about. I think that dental health, like, I don't know that most pet parents even think about dental health other than my dog has bad breath (laughs) or um, my dog has then, you know, maybe my dog has to get a tooth pulled or something like that. Or they just, I think a lot of people only think about it when it's going poorly. Um, So why, you know, why is it so important to be really proactive about our pet's dental health and how, how does their dental health affect other processes in their body? Yeah, no, over the last 40 years, we've actually um, been learning that the mouth is the gateway to the body. And it there's this big tube, right? There's this hole in everybody. If you're a mammal and you eat, <laughs> you have a hole in the middle of you like a donut. And one orifice is your mouth. The other orifice is your anus, right? And it's a whole tube. It's a system that's chock full of microbes. In the stomach, there are microbes, but there are many fewer microbes. And it's um, and they're just living in the middle of us. And then they also penetrate inside us um, if, if we have leaky gums or leaky gut. And then they invade tissue like joint space or our brains or our kidneys or livers and pancreas. And so that's why, you know, dental disease is linked to dementia in humans and in dogs. Um, because the microbes that are really that 1% that I was talking about can grow. Um, we've had dogs, some dogs have 43% of their mouth is that dog, that microbe. Um, and you know, they're prone to all sorts of things like cancer. So it's a very, anytime you get these one percenters, that can overtake a compartment like the mouth, you're going to swap there. We swallow that. Right. And then you wind up with gut issues or you, or if there's leakiness in the, the tissue, they'll invade and they'll start causing heart issues or brain issues because they can invade um, the body and we can find them postmortem in, in brains of humans and dogs uh, with dementia, for instance. And- wow. I didn't really realize that like, I guess gum disease could lead to dementia? Is that, am I making the right connection? It's, it's a correlation at this point, but in animals, in animals, it's been, it's shown causative now. So it's only one more step, which in medicine, it takes decades, right? Right. Lots and lots of research and data. Yeah. But the, the correlative data is so strong and the, and you can feed, for instance, you can feed bacteria in dogs, pregnant dogs, pregnant cats, pregnant goats and sheep, uh, and pregnant women, uh, and they have bleeding gums, guess where those microbes are found in the placenta and more so through the mouth than just injecting it directly through into the vein. So you can, yeah, the mouth seems to be a major super highway of access to the body. And what we've found, um, in our studies with, you know, studies and just working with customers, right. Um, helping them hack their, um, sick dogs and cats is we realize how important the mouth and the oral uh, microbiome is and the diversity there. 
at uh, maintaining diversity, and that has downstream benefits in gut health and in general urinary health and in skin health, because it really is connected. These microbes don't just stay put. <laughs> they they travel. How many times do, are dogs licking your face or, uh, you know, you're touching your cat after your cat just preened himself or herself, right? And so there's this transmission of microbes constantly in a household. Um, and, and that has deleterious effects. If, if that 1% <laughs> that we were talking about exists, uh, it can, it can make it, those bullies can make their way around to everybody's mouth. Everyone. Or, or yeah. Skin. Yeah. So, okay. So if our, if our mouths and our, our pets, let's just think about our pets mouths. Cause I'm grossing myself out thinking about my own mouth right now, but, um, let's think about our pets mouths as like this super highway of good and bad things yeah. entering the body. So, um, I know you've been doing some research and some work and working with pets recently about how you can help pets who have skin issues or itchy skin and red inflamed skin through the mouth, through the mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. How does so, that work? Um, yeah. So it turns out that a lot of microbes or a lot of dogs that have, let's say allergies, quote unquote, we're always told by vets that are allergies, right? They may or may not be. Um, definitely inflammation. We know that that is hundred percent true. Um, but, uh, uh, it correlates strongly with certain microbes present in the mouth as well. Like a lot of yeast, a lot of fungi, other fungi, like filamentous fungi. So yeast are smaller. They're, um, not filamentous They're It's a form of lifestyle of fungi. Okay. <laughs> And it is often um, incorrectly uh, called yeast is thought to be separate is from fungi, but they're, they're part of fungi. Um, and the number of fungi in, in a dog or a cat, particularly cat's mouths are, are crazy. Um, they're, they're almost as high as what we see in um, dementia, pa- human dementia patients in, in memory care. Um, it's crazy. Um, and uh, that those, those particular microbes secrete things that are neuroactive and immune active, and they modify their modulate their hosts. So they're basically the best puppeteers on the planet. Um, that's what keeps me up at night is actually fungi, not micro, not bacteria as much, um, cause they're slow growing. They're hard to kill. And, um, they secrete so many things and toxins just and pervasive, I, pervasive. Yeah. And they're just eating off the host because they're saprophytic as opposed to my, some microbes, the beneficial microbes are actually a mutual, it's a mutual relationship, not just, um, deleterious, like, like fungi. So, right. Yeah. So, um, you're seeing this inflammation in the mouth and you're in the, this population of in, inflammatory causing microbes that live in the mouth of dogs and cats with, with skin issues. And they're constantly, what are they doing? Licking those lesions, right? Um, and so there's a massive transfer of bad onto the skin. So you have, so which exacerbates the bad and then it mm. makes things like Apoquil pretty much, <laughs> I mean, uh, they don't work. It doesn't work in, in certain conditions that are really driven by microbes. Right. And you can't quiet down the immune response well enough because there's constant insult by the microbe. 
So it's this, it's this dance that you have to play. And I, um, one of the things that I really want to do in this next phase of, of our uh, corporate growth is to really start to build out more appropriate uh, treatments and modalities for really how to tackle and bring down global inflammation um, at the same time as you're improving the oral and gut and skin microbiomes, because they have to happen at the same time. Otherwise, uh, it's less effective, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it does make sense. Um, yeah, because if you're not, if you're not kind of tackling it all at the same time, you know, it's like you're, you're building a wall in one area and just gets, keep getting knocked over and keeps getting knocked over. Cause it kind of has to all go together. Absolutely. Like how many, how many, I can't tell you how many, uh, resistant, like apical resistant dogs we are treating. We treat the mouth and the skin at the same time, you know? And, and that seems to be much, much better approach. Um, uh, and, and, and gut, you know, uh, what they're giving metronidazole, which is an antimicrobial agent, um, to calm down, uh, uh, diarrhea. Um, but you know, you don't have to give antibiotics. So there's other ways to do it. Um, and so we've been just, um, improving the oral microbiome, at the same time as we're um, adding in certain kinds of fermented foods, which have bioactive postbiotics in them. And we uh, modulate what kinds like advise on other people, you know, because we're not a food, we don't sell right. dog foods, cat foods, but we, we can inform people because we un- fundamentally understand how microbial metabolism works and microbes eat first <laughs> and then secrete waste products that we all absorb as our food product, you know? So, so it's a misnomer that you think you're giving your dog, you know, uh kibble and, and the dog is eating that it's not the gut microbes are eating the kibble. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're make turning it into what whatever they turn it into and that's what your dog absorbs it's so absorbing yeah and so the the goal for us is to really get out there and apply pressure and educate everybody including the food manufacturers and the vets to really like everything that has is in textbooks and everything that has been taught about nutrition in companion animals is absolutely fundamentally skewed data because they'd never thought about it from the perspective of the gut microbiome or, or even the oral microbiome. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. So, okay. So you had mentioned, I heard you say fermented. Yes. And so does that mean I should be giving my dogs kimchi? <laughs> Actually <laughs> you can a little, in a little bit. Uh, I mean, but I, I do more like um, the, I don't want to be throughout brands, but <laughs> I can't think of anything. The most equivalent is like the, the, the no sugar whole, uh, milk Chobani, you know, okay. that's, that's Greek yogurt, super solid. And it's, it smells sour. You just mm-hmm. do a little, little bit of that, like a little spoonful every few days. Um, I know there's a fermented goat milk. Yeah, um, goat milk's great. Some yogurt or kefir, kefir I never know good. how to say that. Yeah. Um, but I, I see those around as well. So, so look for things that are fermented, look for things that are fermented. And it's also a false falsity that, that, I mean, dogs historically, I mean, they've lost their historical microbiomes because they're so inbred now and they're being fed such crap 
um, that the microbiome is shifted to more of a human diet <laughs> because all of like, what well, that's one of the things that we're trying, we realized is, you know, we first started in human oral, uh, microbiome modulation for human dis- dental disease. And we realized, you know, when my dog had a, had a almost died of bloodstream infection from her, her mouth, um, we realized, wow, it's so strikingly similar, you know, we were always taught it's different, but it's not, it's very similar now because there's a lot of microbial drift, um, cause nutrient, nutrient pressure actually is the fastest way to change the composition of the microbiome period. Okay. Okay. On the skin, in the mouth, in the gut. So, um, so does this kind of apply to dogs of all ages or are there special considerations we should be giving to our pets as they age? Yeah. So as you know, um, very menopausal person myself, I can tell you hormones make a huge difference. And um, what I've learned in rheumatology uh, is many of our um, normal physiologic functions are actually driven by hormones. And so hormones change over time as we age, immune function changes over time as we age. And also the microbiome shifts over time as we age because there's this interdependency that we're still trying to wrap our heads around the it's so complicated but like for instance we know that i'm going to go human for a minute because that's the one thing that was actually clinically shown but you can make the parallels in our companion animals but women taking the oral contraceptive pill within 30 minutes after taking that pill the e coli in her genital urinary tract already changed its gene expression that's how intimately tied in to their host these micro our microbes are right and so as we age we shift our um hormones it's a normal process it happens in dogs it happens in the cats it happens in uh, non-human primates and humans and so you get that shift in ratios of androgens which are male like and and estrogens which are female like and that has foundational influence on activity of the immune system. So our innate immune system starts to like fall down a little bit. And that's why as we age, we get more infections, right? Um, That we never used to get. Or or some infections are more deadly, like pneumonia. Pneumonia. Yeah. Um, And and because you just get a real big accrual because you can't clear it fast enough. Right. And then uh, you were also losing, we're finding you're losing good microbes, particularly in the mouth and the gut. And like acromantia is a, is a freaking awesome microbe, but it helps with gut health. And foundationally, m- the ma- majority of dogs and cats in the United States don't have it anymore or don't have enough of it for it to really make a difference. And there's some companies looking into how to grow it, you know, because it's an anaerobe. So you have to handle it carefully and it grows slowly, blah, 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 blah. But I would imagine seeing some acromantia probiotics out there or supplemented foods out there in the future um, uh, as an example. Um, but, but, But that's something to be thoughtful of for older dogs and older cats and, you know, <laughs> older people is keep the d- diet diverse. Um, even for animals, vegetables, vegetables, be- vegetables, any kinds of sugary things like fruits and carbohydrates like rice um, actually drive inflammation because they grow the wrong kind of bacteria that make their own hormone like molecules that 
really drive inflammation of the immune system, which causes barrier loss in the gut, leaky gut. And then you get, they gain access to the body because they're incentivized to gain access to the body. So they do whatever they can. And as we age, we lose the ability to protect ourselves against that. Basically. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So So my dogs, for example, they love strawberries and sometimes I'll make a little frozen treat. That's like bone broth with chunks of strawberry in it. So maybe since they're 11 years old, I should swap that for cucumber or something like that. The sugar content in cucumber is much, much. So I would follow the glycemic index. Okay. Thinking about how to think about older dogs and cats. Um, Cause cats for, they shouldn't have any carbohydrate period. It's now that used very readily in cat food and, and now chronic kidney disease is through the roof, right? And so are the fungal burdens in these cats. Um, and you can measure the toxins in their urine uh, from the fungus. It's just awful. And fungus love sugar. Um, and uh, some of the disease causing microbes that really lead to leaky gut and loose stool love sugar. So um, you really have to be mindful of that. That's one of the best things you can do. And what's interesting is the more they take over our GI tract, the more they stimulate our neurons to crave sugar. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the more sugar you have, the more sugar you want. Exactly. Because you've, your diet, your diet choices have actually enriched for the bad that's manipulating you to eat more bad because they're dependent on sugar to survive. And mm-hmm. you, you're literally the puppet and they're literally the puppeteer. And so what we find, cause we, you know, we're putting the microbes on a keto diet in the mouth. <laughs> We've had complaints from <laughs> our customers that our dog was aggressive for three days. I'm like, yeah, you cut off the fungus's sugar <laughs> because it has, it secretes mood modulators too. So, so we had a bunch of little angry bacteria totally being just cranky. They're cranky and they're poking those neurons and they're poking their host and they're poking and poking and poking to, to get noticed so that they can get fed. They're trying to change the behavior so that they can eat. Cause remember, uh, 60% of serotonin is actually released by gut neurons that are actually stimulated by gut bacteria. And okay. Um, this makes so sense because I was, making- I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, we control our, what we feed our dogs. So just like, Stop yeah, giving them sugar. But like you just said, you get the angry bacteria sending messages to the brain uh-huh. saying, I'm cranky. Give me my sugar. Yeah. And look at how many treats contain wheat, rice, chickpea. Some contain know. flat out sugar. I know. There's this new water added for dental that's on the market. And it literally it's sucrose in it. I was like, <gasps> no. And like, and everybody wants to go to honey because it's antimicrobial. I'm like, really <laughs> no not for the gut no it's got fructose it's like no don't do that don't do that you know and this is like what what humans <laughs> what humans believe is good think about it. the microbes are like oh boy this is a treat you know <laughs> they're just circling around with their knife and their fork getting ready to dive in uh-huh and you just don't want it to be a steak knife because those hurt Yes. Yeah. So we have to be, we have to, um, treat our, our microbiome communities 
nicely, give them the good, the good stuff, not, not so much of the bad stuff. Right. So, the, so the bad guys don't take over. Yeah. And, and, and it's as simple as making sure you're diversifying, focusing on protein and diversifying the protein and then limiting the carbohydrates. And then like my, my doggy, um, you know, he gets dried. So I don't give him anything that goes through the baking process because it just, <laughs> it's like kind of kills the nutrients. Makes no sense. Yeah. It makes, it's just a waste. Right. Uh, um, and so, you know, he's got little dried bits of broccoli and, you know, celery and, and peppermint and dandelion leaf, because what are dogs usually in the wild eating rabbits, rodents, you know, there's whole eggs, you know, in there because they eat eggs and yes, dogs can handle a ton of bacterial load. They can eat E. coli and salmonella all day long because they've been bred to be resistant to that. Cats don't. So that's why when they kill something, they eat around the GI tract because they can't handle the bolus of, of, um, uh, microbes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense now that you, um, I guess to tie it all back in to teeth (laughs) that you, you have a, a product specifically for cats and, um, it's not the same. It's very different than the dog one. Surprisingly, it's, it's got the same core ingredients, different ratio of them because so many cats are now being fed carbs and the Ah. food. So they have a lot of the same microbes causing the same problems in dogs and in people like, like C acnes, which causes acne in humans, causes acne in cats, and it causes gum. It's linked to gum disease in humans. And it's one of the biggest drivers of gum disease in, in cats. Um, fungus is also a big deal for cats. And so we have an added ingredient, um, which is, uh, the dried down cell wall of green algae called chlorella. It's on the AFCO safe list. And we found that it actually is really good at binding those fungal toxins that are present in the mouth, which causes stomatitis. We feel it's causing stomatitis. There's, there's some evidence we, we've, we've learned over, over time that that's, um, a big deal. And, uh, and by just removing the toxin inertly, so it neutralizes it because it's in the bound state and it gets swallowed and just excreted out. Um, so it's unactive and, and it's not able to like cause issues. And in the meantime, we're starving the fungus from eating its favorite nutrient source, which is sugar, and it's not able to compete. And so it just basically goes bye-bye when the cat swallows. Good. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I could go on and on. I could ask you a million questions <laughs> because <laughs> I'm learning so much and I, I love this conversation, but I want to make sure that we wrap it up in a way that gives people some clear advice. So sure. what, what would you say are like the main takeaways that, you know, that people with pets and, and maybe we'll just focus on dogs since cats and dogs seem to have slightly different needs, but yeah, dog owners, what should they be doing to make sure that their dog has a healthy mouth because now we know from talking to you that it affects their immune system. It affects their skin. It affects their digestion. It affects their brain. So it's really important. So what, what are the main takeaways that people should implement? Yeah. I diversify the diet, um, minimize the kibble. I know you don't want to hear that, but, uh, cause it's kibbles cheaper inconvenient. And, yeah. But it doesn't have to be cheaper. There's cheap ways to, to, to feed your dog, uh, low carbohydrate diets. Um, 
and um, diversity, diversity, diversity builds diversity in the mouth and it um, strengthens um, downstream gut health. And so, um, you know, product, use products like ours or other um, probiotics are good for gut health, not for oral health because you dogs swallow so quickly, there's no benefit. So it's a waste of money. Don't bother with that. Um, and uh, drink water, tons of water that cleanses any toxins that exist that the waste products that the microbes secrete in the mouth that the dog swallows and absorb gets absorbed right away. Uh, and clean those water dishes with soap and water every day. I know it's a pain, put it through the dishwasher every other day. It's so important to keep those uh, food dishes and water dishes clean. Also throw the, um, anything going in the mouth, like chew toys and stuff, throw them in the washing machine, clean them. Uh, they have to go through cleansing because if there's those, that 1% is on, it, it, it's so strong, it can overpower the good and it's a daily process. So you really have to be mindful about doing that. And, and, and most of the treats on the market are really, really, really causing problems with oral health and gut health. So be very mindful of what you consider a treat. That's great advice. I hope everyone is taking notes. <laughs> and if not, you can go to the show notes for this episode where I will recap everything that Emily just said. Um, and I, I'm happy to say that every time I run the dishwasher, I put the dog's bowls in it. So however often that is, but I, I do rinse them kind of in between. Every time I fill it up, I give it like a little scrub and a rinse and um, we we try our best. I also... Um, I use glass bowls, um, which I think are far superior to plastic bowls. Uh, let's just or say does it microbes, not matter? microbes can form a biofilm on any surface these days, okay. including the antimicrobial resistant colloidal metals. They're, they're, they're so smart. You got to, it takes literally 30 minutes incubation in a 25% bleach solution for us as a control to clear oral appliances like aligners to, to get rid of that biofilm. Because you think you're scrubbing it off. You scrubbed off some of it, but not all. But it's in there because it's micro. So it's like uh -huh. tiny everywhere. You can't see it. It's a thin, invisible. If you, if you can see a visible layer, uh, you need to wash more often. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was all good using my glass bowls, but apparently it doesn't matter what you use. It matter. You got to scrub and disinfect and just put it in the dishwasher. Yeah. And, and honestly, um, conventional soap, don't use antimicrobial soap because then you're selecting for antimicrobial resistant microbes. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Thank you again for, for being on the podcast and sharing this really great health advice. Um, you know, it's a great time of year. This episode is coming out in mid November when colds are on the rise. So, um, everyone can keep their pets healthy and themselves help healthy, hopefully as well. Before we go, Emily, can you tell us where everyone can go to learn more about teeth and all that you do? Sure. Um, they can go to teeth health, T E E F health.com or they can learn about biofilms in general at primaltherapies.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode. Send me a note on Instagram at wear, wag, repeat, or 
Find even more women petpreneurs to connect with in our private Facebook group called Wear Wag Repeat Labs. If you want to dig into more episodes, resources to grow your business, or find a link to something we discussed, it is all right there for you at wearwagrepeat.com. I'll see you back here next Wednesday for a fresh conversation.